It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. The Packers fall to the Philadelphia Eagles 34-27, a game-ending interception in the end zone for Aaron Rodgers with a chance to tie the game. Their second red zone trip, their second trip you know, inside really the 10-yard line in the fourth quarter, and they can't come away with points. Cannot punch the ball in to go ahead. And this is a game where Green Bay dominated. They really dominated this game for long stretches. Outgained the Eagles by a significant margin. When you when you have a game at home on a short week and you put up 491 yards of offense, you outsnap your opponent by 14, 74 plays to 60. On a per-play basis, you outplay them by a full yard per play, and you have 250-plus more passing yards, you expect to win. The problem is Green Bay lost a fumble deep in its own territory. They had two kicks that they did not handle on their side. One, Mason Crosby kicked out of the field of play for a penalty to set the Eagles up at the 40-yard line, and another, Miles Sanders returned into Packers territory to set up a short field. So the Eagles worked with two possessions inside Green Bay territory plus the short field from the kickoff. They didn't have to put up a ton of yards in this game. They did, however, put up 176 on the ground in 33 attempts, 5.3 yards a rush, and that was a huge factor in the game. Now, offensively, Green Bay got what it wanted. They got Aaron Rodgers going 34-53 for 422 and two touchdowns with that interception. Devontae Adams outgained the Eagles in the first half by himself. And yet at halftime, Green Bay goes into the locker room down 21-20, in part because they kicked two field goals. They finished the game three for seven in the red zone. Three for seven in the red zone. And they kicked one of those field goals on fourth and two. Fourth and two to choose a 31-yard field goal instead. I mean, that is, I hate to say it, but that is Mike McCarthy-esque, reminiscent of that Seahawks game. Now, we can talk about the fourth down call at the goal line. We can talk about those 
decisions there to not run the ball one time. Uh, we could talk about the game-ending play call, although I liked the game-ending play call. Aaron Rodgers admitted after the game that if he had waited a tick, Darius Shepard gets turned loose in the end zone. It's a touchdown, and Green Bay ties the game. They had Jimmy Graham twice on plays he probably should have made. You're making, you're paying him $10 million to make those plays, and he couldn't make either, including the fourth down play that he tried to catch with one hand for no reason. Go up with two hands, make that catch, and tie the game. The Green Bay defense did not play well enough, but the Green Bay offense had opportunities in this game to win. They had opportunities. In the red zone, they bogged down. And you lose Jamal Williams on the on the first possession to a brutal, dirty hit, and Derek Barnett should have been ejected for that hit. Absolutely, if you're going to have the rule where you can eject a player, those are the kinds of hits that you need to be ejected for. Well, the fumble later in the game comes from Derek Barnett, who, by that logic, should not have been in the game. That's a huge problem. The the officiating was a problem. This was not a sloppy game by Thursday night standards. In fact, it was a very well-played game by Thursday night standard, but it was a poorly officiated game by any standard. The DPI non-call on... Mark Westvalda-Scantling on the first possession of the second half. That is a brutal non-call. A brutal non-call. And they reviewed it specifically to get these kinds of plays right, and they couldn't do it. Now, I don't like the play calling there. You come out, you just told Aaron Andrews, Matt LaFleur, you just told Aaron Andrews that you want to keep your foot on the gas pedal. And then you come out and run two handoffs and now it's third and long, and and you've got to make a play down the sidelines, and and that's the best you can do. That's the best you can do? They come back the next possession and don't look any better, even though the Eagles scored a touchdown, and now you're down 27-20 instead of 21-20. You have to have more than that. And I, I wrote this in my recap for Acme Packing Company that Matt Nagy would have had a special for that fourth down and goal. Sean Payton would have had a special. Kyle Shanahan would have had a special. Sean McVay. They they would have had a play for that. And, and maybe Green Bay thought they did. Maybe they thought that little RPO look was going to trick the Eagles. They played it extremely well. And and maybe you just have to tip your cap to the Eagles there. They get, they get paid too. But Green Bay did not match the intensity that Philadelphia brought defensively. And they got run over in the run game. There's a difference between saying it's more important that we stop the pass as a defense. There is a difference between doing that and just getting absolutely gashed. And and Green Bay had no answers for Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. And that would have been one thing if they could have gotten some pressure, if they could have forced a turnover. But they, they couldn't stop Carson Wentz really either. Carson Wentz throws three touchdowns despite going 16 for 27 for 160. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers at home throws for 422 and two touchdowns. You expect to win that game. And we're going to get to the defense in a little bit. But the offense, for all of the, the criticisms that I just leveled there, this was what you wanted to see from Aaron Rodgers. This was what his critics said he couldn't be anymore. I mean, how many times did he look like the quarterback from... You know, 2016, 2014, 
when he steps up in the pocket, rolls right, and makes the throw to Jimmy Graham, beats the blitz for the touchdown. I mean, earlier that same drive, steps up, rolls right, Marquez Valdez scaling for 26 on third and seven. These are huge plays in the game, and he made them. He, he picked up first downs with his feet. He was in complete command, scores a touchdown on a free play. I mean, this is, this is what he does. This is what he does. No one has ever been as good as him at doing this. And you get Jimmy Graham involved. You get Devontae Adams involved. So now what we've seen is the offense can be this thing. The offense can do what they need to do to move the ball. It is a fitting metaphor, I think, that they would lose this game with two shots to try and score and couldn't do it because it is representative of the next step in the evolution of this offense. It is representative of the ceiling that has been on this offense to this point in the year. And it represents an important touchdown for Matt LaFleur, for Aaron Rodgers and their development together, but also Matt LaFleur as a head coach, as a play caller, and as a leader of this locker room. He has an opportunity now to rally the troops, to say, okay, we lost to a really good team that had not been playing its best football. They came in and played something close to their best football, and they beat us. But we know that if we hadn't allowed ourselves to make these mistakes, the penalties, the special teams mistakes, the execution at the goal line, Green Bay didn't play its best and still had two chances to tie this game. And it was really a game that they dominated for most of the day. Two, you know, two plays go differently and, and they win. They, they should have scored 40 points in this game. That is a pretty big improvement over where we had seen them be. Now, 27 is not going to blow anyone out of the water in terms of being impressed by it. But this absolutely was a game that they could have scored 40 and probably should have scored 40. That's the next step. There are going to be games where the defense is not going to play well. There's going to be games when, you know, Kevin King goes out and now Kevin King is out. You're going to have to score. And there's going to be games. We don't know what Devontae Adams' injury is. He has, he said after the game, it's turf toe. Okay, so that is a painful, potentially debilitating injury over the course of a season. But it's also the kind of thing that you can play with. You know, Julio Jones had it and was always sort of week to week, was limited, would be limited all week, and then would, would tough it out and play. Green Bay does not have enough depth right now at receiver to weather that kind of storm. Geronimo Allison with a breakout game needed to see it, needed to have it. The throw that Rodgers made to Allison where in the two-minute to go down and, and nearly tie it, 21-20, at the end of the first half to Allison was huge. Rodgers trusted him to go up in traffic, make that catch, and take a hit, and he did it, and then catches a touchdown. Those are momentum-building plays. But he is not a number one receiver. Either is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They already have EQ hurt. Jake Kumaro's hurt. And so they had to lean on Jimmy Graham a little bit more. You'd think in, in the coming weeks they'd want to lean on the run game a little bit more if they could. But who knows if Jamal Williams can play? Who knows what the status of Brian Bulaga is with that shoulder injury? My guess is in, in the coming weeks... They will do some offensive line shuffling. I would guess that they would put Turner at tackle and 
and you know put in whether it's Lucas Patrick or someone else at guard just because you can you can handle a guard having those issues it is and the Packers did last year we saw it the best pass rushers that they're going to face on their schedule are on the edge now against Kansas City you know you need to have probably need to have Brian Bulaga and Billy Turner both playing against San Diego with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa you'd like to have both those guys playing but against Dallas you know, they've got Demarcus Lawrence. And if Alex Light is in the game, they are going to get him on Alex Light every time and he is going to destroy him. Destroy him. But if you have Billy Turner out there, at least you have a chance. And you you don't face Fletcher Cox every week. So this is going to be an important stretch. It's an important injury. Brian Bulaga was on his way to being an all-pro type right tackle. And this injury puts that obviously into question but it's also a huge loss for this team as they look forward trying to win more games three and one after four weeks feels like a best case scenario because you already beat Chicago in Chicago you get the win against Minnesota and you won two games in your division that's first and foremost and so you know Green Bay's three and one that is an important step through four weeks this is the quarter mark of the season and to be 3-1, and one, that you're right where you want to be. This is a better start than Green Bay normally gets off to. It would have been the first 4-0 start since 2007, which I think would have had some really uh, appropriate symmetry because that was the season Mike McCarthy uh, revitalized Brett Favre's career as a young head coach. And so it would have been fun if that was something that had happened this year with Matt LaFleur coming in in a game that looked to revitalize Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. We'll see. It's tough to know where where the team is right now and, and where they can go because of these injuries are so critical. If if Devontae Adams and Brian Bulaga can't play against Dallas, it's going to be tough to win because Alan Lazard, MVS, Darius Shepard, these guys are just not ready with this offense. And if they can't protect Rodgers too, I mean, it's hard to feel good about their chances. So I don't, I don't want to focus too much on that. Uh, you know, let, let's let's focus on the game for right now, and then when we get more information, uh, we can we can figure out exactly what's going on with the Packers and their injuries. The Packers don't play this weekend, so if you need a little extra incentive to get excited about what's going on in the NFL on Sunday or what's going on in college football on Saturday, go to mybookie.ag. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. They've got the fastest payouts, better lines than any other sports book. And don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Live in-game betting. This is the future. They've got player perks. And right now, just for my listeners, they will give you free money. Seriously. Have you ever heard of a betting site or a casino just giving away money doesn't usually work that way. But if you join now, MyBookie will double your first deposit bonus when you use the promo code locked on. Go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code locked on, and they will double free money, double your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? 
The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. The reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, we do have to talk about the defense because they got ripped apart by the run game and maybe I jinxed them um, <laughs> we had this discussion twice this week about how the run game matters less than the passing game and then the Eagles go out and really test that theory and what's interesting this is really interesting to me Carson Wentz 16 of 27 for 160 that's a 5.9 yard per attempt average Jordan Howard, 15 of 87. That is a 5.8 yard per attempt average. Miles Sanders, 11 for 72. That is a 6.5 yard per attempt average. And what the Eagles did was they ran the ball effectively, and then on third down, they leaned on Carson Wentz to make plays. And that's exactly what they did. They went five of nine on third down. Some of those were third and medium, third and long, and they were able to execute. Now, Green Bay was able to execute on third down much better than they had been, six of 11. But then they have their red zone efficiency drop. Green Bay had not 
not scored a touchdown in the red zone this season and then comes in and, and has, you know, they go three for seven and struggle to just even get points on two drives. Now, th- those are extenuating circumstances in some ways because, you know, they, they would have kicked field goals if the scores were different, probably, although I think they, you know, you don't kick field goal on the second one. Obviously, you need a touchdown. You're trying to score. But the, the one where they go for it on the goal line, maybe they don't. If a field goal gives them a lead, for example. The Packers defense, though, there there was some good stuff. Kevin King played well, but then he gets hurt. And, you know, Jair Alexander, once again, absolute stud. Carson Wentz didn't even really look at him. But the pass rush couldn't get home. It, it got home a little bit on, on the first drive. But Green Bay's four-man rush wasn't working. And when they brought the blitz, Carson Wentz was able to beat it. Doug Peterson called an absolutely outstanding game. Carson Wentz played really well in big spots. And I thought this was one of the best game-calling games that I've seen from an offensive coach. Doug Peterson read Green Bay's mail. This is a really good defense. I still believe in Green Bay's defense, the talent, the dominance that we've seen. I mean, Minnesota against other teams has looked really good offensively, and Green Bay dominated them. Chicago has not looked great against other teams, but they've looked a lot better than they looked against Green Bay in week one. They dominated these games. They created turnovers. They created sacks. The number one pressure team in the league, and they couldn't get pressure on Carson Wentz. Not every team is going to be able to block them like this. Sidarius Smith was, was injured. So he was not 100%. You're without Montrevious Adams, who is a big part of their run defense. You don't really want to play Lancaster, Clark, and Lowry all at once because Clark is best inside. So you're, you're giving up some size, playing a little bit smaller in a lot of these cases. Green Bay wanted to play in nickel and dime because they wanted to cover Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. And by and large, those guys didn't beat them. I mean, Zach Ertz, seven catches for 65 yards. Yeah, 9.3 catch. It's not a problem. Dallas Goddard got them on the touchdown. I mean, none of the none of the passing game stats really are all that impressive. They they picked up first downs when they needed them, and they took advantage of short fields. That's exactly what Green Bay has been doing to this point. Philadelphia flipped the script fully on the Packers. Absolutely flipped the script. Defense plays well enough, but defense played in the second half especially. Defense gets turnovers, opportunistic, so let's say it that way, opportunistic defense, special teams, and the offense does just enough. You take care of some short fields, and the numbers end up looking better than they should. But still, Green Bay, I mean, five, 5.6 yards per play, it's not a bad, that's not a bad number for your defense. The defense didn't really play that poorly. I mean, I, it, it, it seemed that way because of the, the big plays in the run game, but and the touchdowns, obviously, you give up 34 points and you feel like your defense played poorly, but a couple short fields. I mean, I didn't feel like Green Bay's defense was terrible. Now you're going to have to play better defensively against Zeke Elliott in the run game. No question. But, you know, this is, this is a, a kind of fluky defensive performance in that they were defending a lot of short fields. And they weren't able to, to create pressure in a year where all they did all season was create pressure. Now, maybe you would say, well, it was an unsustainable pressure rate and maybe that was covering for issues that they had elsewhere. Maybe. Maybe. And, and Green Bay, you know, they weren't able to maintain a lead. 
Green Bay was playing with leads early in the season. You know, you have a touchdown lead against Chicago. Might as well be three touchdowns. So they had to play differently. Minnesota, you're down 21 nothing right away, so they have to play differently. You go up double digits on the Broncos. They have to play differently. And that gives your guys opportunities to just pin their earbacks and go hunt. They didn't have that opportunity in this game. They didn't dictate terms in the same way. And, and why? Because you gave up a 60-yard kick return. That's not the defense's fault. That, that is two long returns now this season. And Green Bay has to get that tightened up. I don't know if they if they let Ron Zook come in and, and guest on this, but this is something that they're going to have to get tightened up. I don't worry about you know Mason Crosby, you know missing the field goal that doesn't bother me. J.K. Scott, I mean J.K. Scott barely worked. This was the team coming in with the most three and outs in the league. J.K. Scott punted twice, punted twice. That's that's you know, that's good drive by drive efficiency. And even in the even in the drives where they didn't score, there was really only one three and out. It was the second drive after right after the Eagles scored the touchdown. And, you know, that was an ugly drive. You know, you go backward. The Eagles had a great defense called on that third and three. Green Bay thought they had that slant and and Nigel Bradham undercuts it. I mean, I think you had to know that some of this stuff was unsustainable. And you've got a young defense. You've got a young defense. Even with Preston and Zadarius Smith, you got a young defense. But, you know, Blake Martinez didn't didn't play well. He got victimized. They need Oren Burks back. They need him back ASAP. Because Will Redman got hurt in this game, but he got victimized a couple times in single coverage with tight ends. He just isn't, he's not good enough to be on the field in these high leverage moments. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Eagles stopped being able to get the ball to their tight ends when Josh Jackson came in the game at safety. I mean, I, I would love the idea of saying if you want to play nickel with that three-safety look, just put Josh Jackson out there. Whether you play him deep, whether you play him in slot, play him somewhere because he's better than Will Redman. I know he's not a safety. He's not a great tackler. He's not a natural at safety, doesn't know the position really well. But either is Will Redman. He's also new at safety. Josh Jackson needs to be on the field. He's more talented than Will Redman. He's better in coverage. And if you're going to play that a bunch, then great. And, and you can use Adrian Amos all over the formation. You can use Darnell Savage all over the formation because all three of those guys can play in the slot. They can, they can play deep. And Amos and Savage, you can play in the box and feel good about it. So, why? I mean, Mike Patton has been awesome through three weeks. He was not awesome on Thursday night. And... I, I don't even like to second guess him because I do think he's so smart and so prepared and, and so effective. I, f- I felt like this was a miss coming into the game. I felt like Josh Jackson needed to be on the field more. He did it last year in week one against Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen. Give Josh Jackson the opportunity to go out there and cover some of these guys. He can do it. Just having Will Redman out there because his his roster spot says safety, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And if you're having issues in the bedroom that you just don't understand, it could be as simple as going to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. 
Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked on, just pay for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. So throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. This is a big opportunity for Matt LaFleur. And it's a big opportunity for Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers said after the game that, that he's confident in this team. He likes what they're building. They're, they're going to feel confident moving forward, and I think they should. This was a desperate Eagles team that has a ton of talent. This was a team that coming in, people said, was the most complete roster in football. Now, you lose some cornerbacks, and Green Bay was able to take advantage. But offensively, you give up 34 points to a team with all those guys. I know Deshaun Jackson didn't play. There's there's I wouldn't say there's no shame in it, but look, you didn't play your best. Philly played something close to their best given the circumstances and certainly played great situational football, played better situational football than you did, and you still could have won the game. So I don't think Green Bay should hang their head about this, but this is an opportunity now, extra week, extra time coming into Dallas uh, to, to be prepared to make some adjustments. You're, you are only as good as the adjustments you make in this league because everyone can play. And every coach has a game plan. And everyone understands the plays that you're going to want to run. You have to be able to execute. You have to be able to adjust. And Green Bay, this is an opportunity now. They've made some adjustments to the offense. I liked what they did this week. Aaron Rodgers said and Matt LaFleur said they had a lot ready to go with the two running back set. That would have been a great thing to have for this week. I would have really liked to see it this week. And I, I, it's something that I think they should go to moving forward even if it's with Dexter Williams, who I'm, I'm a little excited to see. I don't, I feel a little bad saying that, which is why I said I'm a little excited just because I like the juice that he brings to this offense potentially at that spot. But, you know, you hope that Jamal Williams is okay. You hope Avante Maddox is okay. It is the ugly part of being a football fan, unfortunately. And uh, frankly, I'm sick of having these conversations. Uh, you have to start taking games from people. You just have to. Like, Derek Barnett should not have been in the game. Same way I was hot when, when Devontae Adams gets lit up multiple times. You know, and Thomas Davis gets to, gets to stay in the game. These guys with these dirty cheap shots. You take out 
you know, a team's best player if you take out Devontae Adams. You know, what if that had been Aaron Jones? And now he can't play, but your guy gets 15 yards and gets to stay in the game. That just, it doesn't make any sense. So, three and one at the quarter at the quarter mark. I think if you had asked any Packer fan before the season if they would take three and one after week four, they would have told you absolutely yes. So just remember that. Have a little context as we move forward here. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. Remember, Periscope show tomorrow, 4 Central, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. Uh, we're going to do questions and just a little, you know, 10, 15 minute uh, Periscope only show. So get me your questions. I've got a bunch from the Locked on Packers fan hotline. Uh, I think I'll probably save those uh, for the Monday show just so we can get a, a full debrief on on those questions so that if you're if you're not going to be on the Periscope, you're not missing anything. But send me those to the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.